0: Going to try for three. Here he comes in the air down the right field line. Way back there on an RBI hit by Mitchy Poor. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is. Two pitches. We're going to
1: miss. out. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host Ty Daubert. We're coming at you after a little bit of a break. The Phillies. You know, they are just kind of the same old Phillies again here since we last talked. A lot of a lot of their play reminding you of last season and what you've come to expect from them over the past three, four years. Blowing some games, winning a couple, but overall just being a, a pretty mediocre hovering around 500 team. That That's really how they have been for the last few years now. But we're going to have to get into it where things are going wrong and where a few things are going right for them so we're going to talk about that I have Phillies Nations Destiny Legardo on with me today so we're going to get into this uh, into this Phillies team very frustrating to watch very confusing at times but we'll have to talk about it Destiny how are you doing today
0: I'm doing well yeah you pretty much summed it up this is a team that can't seem to get out of their own way I mean you know, to quote Reese Hoskins, there are some positives that you can lean on, but for the most part, this is the same team that's blown save after save is pretty hard to watch on a nightly basis. And I'll admit, like when I last came on the podcast before the season, I had some high expectations for them. I kind of just thought, you know, this year their luck is going to change, but should I (laughs) I should know the Phillies just don't really have any luck. So um, they're in a pretty pretty bleak spot, but they're four and a half games out of first place. They're getting Didi Gregorius back for Friday, which is, you know, their lineup is healthy for the first time since April. We'll see what that means, but yeah, it's just, hasn't been a good year for the Phillies overall.
1: I mean, in some senses, their luck did change. They're not scoring like 10 runs every game like they did last year in the shortened season, which was really what kept them afloat last year when their bullpen was imploding. Now it's, um, a little bit the bullpen's not quite as bad but they're still running into some late game problems as of late the starting pitching still really good like it was last year but the luck did change with the offense they're just not scoring runs and like you said they haven't been healthy they're starting to get healthy cigar has been back gregorius is starting to to come back after a stint in lehigh valley which he was pretty good at the plate there was kind of a kind of a hiatus in there with some more more things he had to deal with with His elbow, he had pseudo gout in his right elbow. I had never heard of that before D.D. Gregorius got it, but he's coming back, and maybe that changes some some things with the Phillies. Their offense probably just got better. Their defense, which is another thing that uh, really hasn't changed over the past few years, that probably just got worse. But we'll have to see how it affects the team as a whole going forward. They just got done. They played two games with the Marlins before that, one game with the Reds. And that was coming after their series in New York that they split. They have the Padres coming up. They're obviously a very good team, a lot of bright stars. There's always the Machado-Harper aspect when those teams play. So, I don't know. A lot of question marks with this team. You never really know what you're going to get other than that. It'll be interesting and probably frustrating at times.
0: Yeah, and you kind of see the schedule. You have San Diego, Chicago, and Boston, and then the All-Star break and no. Day offs in between. You kind of think, well, this could be the week that really takes them out of contention. And you can't even really say that just because the NL East is so bad, or the Phillies could magically start playing well against very good teams, or just something goes their way. It's that's the really frustrating part about this season is that if they were in a better division, we would be talking about a team that's deep in, in fourth place, a team that should probably sell off some pieces in the deadline, but they're still in it, and they could still tell themselves that if they just play a little bit better they could, you know, potentially win the division by the end of the year, which I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, but um, you know, they could get swept by San Diego. I think they, they should honestly, but uh, you never know.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, they can talk themselves into winning this division because it is certainly plausible that they start playing better. Likely. I don't know about that, but they definitely can talk themselves into it, especially because of the, performances they've gotten from their starting pitching here Aaron Nola um a little bit ago in New York he ties the most the record for most strikeouts in a row in a game that they end up losing and then he's not as good last start against the Marlins but they've been getting incredible performances out of Zach Wheeler Zach Eflin for the most part has been pretty good this year Velasquez after a while he um he he was he wasn't doing so hot, but then his last his last outing, he was really good again. Seven innings. That's that's the kind of starts they need from him if he's going deep into games. And that's a pretty pretty good outlook for the Phillies there. And then Matt Moore, he comes and throws a spot start, and he basically pitches himself into the rotation. He's part of the rotation right now. And who knows if that'll last, but he did look a lot, a lot better in his last outing. Spencer Howard's back down in triple-A. It just doesn't seem like at this point he's going to be able to last past one time through the order without imploding. That's just the way it looks right now. And then they have Bailey Falter in the bullpen right now. But I wouldn't be shocked if if Matt Moore or Vince Velasquez don't look good, if he can take one of their spots in the rotation there. So with the starting pitching performances they're getting, I think they really can. It's not likely, but I think there is a chance that they do start playing. A little bit better, but I don't know. I don't know. You can't really count on it with this team over the last few years.
0: Yeah, and their big problem is that they do get these really good starting pitching performances, and then they just don't win those games. If I, I don't know if I could, you know, quote it on the top of my head, but if, it feels like it's been a while since Zach Eflin has won a game. Like it's he's been going through eight starts, and I don't know. He might have one win in those games, but the offense just has to do their job when these pitchers are on the mound. They're getting these six innings, and the offense needs to do their job and you know score five runs and then make sure that the bullpen doesn't have a, a really high stress night every night because that's part of the problem. And last year, with the bullpen, they would get all these runs and then the bullpen would kind of blow them. But now it's just they're in these close games and then the bullpen just can't. You can't really expect them to be perfect every night. So the offense has to do their job as well.
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you mentioned Eflin. You think of that that Nola start. 10 strikeouts in a row, one strike away, I believe, from 11, setting the record. and the Phillies end up blowing that game. They had demoted Narris from closer. and they try Jose Alvarado for a five out save. He's not able to hold it. Um, he's had some some times where he struggled this year, but then, you know Narris is demoted from closer and then I think what two times in the next few days he ended up closing out games. And, you know, he he has not been great as of late. Uh, against the against the Marlins, he had a little bit of, of bad luck with some the Marlins dropping in some hits. That's what really happened against Nola uh, the other day, too. But the Marlins were able to drop in some hits, and they were able to get to, to Neris. And at this point with the bullpen, the names, you think about it, like it's a solid collection of names. And they're not even having, like, awful years for the most part. It just feels like. They can't get anybody in certain innings, in certain situations, to just be able to to close the door when they need it, and just really inopportune times. And like you said, they may not be having horrible years, but when all these games are so close because the offense can't put up put up um, big leads, if you're giving up one run in in your bullpen in your bullpen outing, especially when they have uh, pitchers like Velasquez or Howard that have been pitching that don't last deep into games, you give up one or two runs and the bullpen, starting for, for four, five innings. Sometimes it's not like it's a horrible bullpen outing, but in these close games, that really costs you. And the offense really, I think the team planned on this offense, really being able to carry and make up for some, some holes. And it has, it's not done that at all.
0: And I think also part of the problem is that the bullpen has this reputation of blowing leads late in games. So other teams have this, belief going into later in the games that they can come back, even if it's a four-run deficit or a two-run deficit, that they just have this chance of winning the game. And I think it actually like it matters a lot, just the belief that you could come back and win against this team. And then the fact that the bullpen just keeps blowing game after game, it gets into your head a little bit and it kind of makes getting the final out in the ninth inning a lot harder than it normally would. So um I just think they have to put together a string of clean games. And I think they could get this pass. But who knows? Yeah, you talk about it. Bradley, Naris, they have names. They didn't have names last year, but somehow it's still the same story. They just kind of can't get the job done late in games.
1: They had a lot of names last year um, and used a lot of different relievers. (laughs) They really cycled them in and uh, none of them were really able to perform. But yeah, they have some pitchers that even Kinsler, like one of the, the past, the two seasons prior was really good reliever some ineffectiveness and uh, some injuries this year, he's, he's coming back. So we'll have to see how that changes into um, or like changes things in the bullpen mix. But I don't, I don't know. I I really don't know. They're really inconsistent for the most part. I do think there is a a chance, like you said, that they do get put some clean games together in this bullpen or a few relievers are able to kind of really uh, step up and, and kind of, show themselves to be the the guys that Girardi is able to rely on right now. He doesn't really have that guy. I mean, like in his defense, Joe Girardi, he, he doesn't have that guy that, you know, is going to shut people down. And in some spots, he's using guys that maybe aren't in there, uh, you know, putting them in the best chance to succeed. You think of Neftali Feliz, they call him up for the first time since uh since 2017. And then, in his first game against the Reds the other day, he's pitching in a close game in the seventh inning um, because, because what they didn't have Suarez available. I think it was. Yeah. So they went with, they went with Neftali Feliz and he ends up giving up a, a go ahead grand slam it, which was highly predictable once they loaded the bases and <laughs> the Phillies end up getting blown out. They're just not the, the only reliever that day who doesn't have an earned run to his name is uh Nick Maton who came in for one third of an inning, obviously not, not an actual pitcher. So that kind of tells you how that game went.
0: His brother's a pitcher.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) Maybe he uh, he probably called him up after the game just to, you know, tell him the ZRA is lower, but, (laughs) but yeah, I don't know. It's just, there's not many answers right now. And it's just going to be a matter of um, a couple of relievers being able to figure it out. I think there's a chance that's Naris. He's really, I don't know. He doesn't have his best stuff right now, but that's kind of the way it is with guys who uh, rely on the splitter like that. It's a tough pitch to throw and you just don't always have the sharpest break on it. Um, Cause it's hard to have like pinpoint control with that kind of pitch. When you have it deep in between your fingers like that, it's just, it's almost slipping out. So it's probably a hard pitch to throw. I can imagine, but just when he's in a groove, we've seen that he can be really good. I think he's probably the biggest, uh, the biggest one that's going to have to figure it out because he's probably he, he, he's their best reliever, I would say. So it, he's going to need to figure it out. And if he does, I think there's a chance that really like kind of shirts sure, shirts sure things uh, up for the Phillies bullpen.
0: Yeah. And you kind of mentioned about Joe Girardi, not having any options. I, I do agree with that. If you go back to that Cincinnati game, he said he had five relievers because if you remember, Ranger Suarez had back spasm, so he wasn't available. But I do think he puts himself in positions where he's kind of picking the worst option out of all the, the bad options. I don't understand if you have... Uh, he wanted to get away from Aniel De Los Santos, but he ended up using him. He had Feliz, De Los Santos, Nearest, Brogdon, and Bradley. I wouldn't go with Nephtali Feliz in a tie game, especially considering what happened the last time he came out. So while I do agree that most of the bullpen's fault should go on the bullpen, but I, I do think Joe Girardi doesn't do the best job of putting them in the position to succeed.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it's like, and even in announcing that Naris is uh, demoted from closer, it's just a little bit sometimes like managers will play their hand too much to the save rule. Like they, it's got to be the ninth inning holding a lead of three runs or less. And that's just, it's not always the best spot, spot to put your best relievers. It's not, it's not yeah. the worst thing in the world. Most of it comes down to, Ineffectiveness, but if you're able to put the guys in the in the spots where they can be most effective that'll obviously obviously help your team there but yeah I don't know that's pretty much all I have on the bullpen for the most part I I kind of wanted to touch on we we mentioned it with the with the rotation but well, what do you think rolling with this five-man rotation right now with Howard getting demoted do you think Matt Moore is in there for the long-term? Do you think what we saw in his last start is is real? Because he really did look different. Um, so do you think that can be expected? He's probably not going to be that good all the time, but what, what are your thoughts on him?
0: It's going to be a challenge against the Padres, and right now they have Wheeler lined up for Friday, and then Saturday is to be announced. So maybe they stretch him out to pitching in Chicago, but it might be a start-to-start thing if – Matt Moore is consistently giving you five innings of one run ball or six innings of two run ball. I think he deserves to be in the rotation, but I, I don't know if he has a short leash because the Phillies really do like their quote unquote, starting pitching death of Chase Anderson and Matt Moore. So they want to hold on to them as much as possible. So if Matt Moore is pitching well, he'll be in there. If he's not pitching well, they'll probably try to wait it out and see if he could pitch well in the next couple starts. But I don't know. If you have Bailey Falter in the bullpen, I don't I don't know if that's the most effective way to use him because he does look like a a really good number five starter. Um, and I would put Matt Moore in the bullpen over. Yeah, I I, I I don't know. Matt Moore will get his opportunities, but and if he's bad, he probably get will get more opportunities. But I'd, I don't know why he's in the rotation.
1: <laughs> yeah, you mentioned um, you mentioned Chase Anderson a little bit. He's on a rehab assignment right now. In AAA, his first rehab outing, he threw two scoreless innings. Do you think of Moore's ineffective, who gets the first chance at the rotation? Is it Falter, or do they give Anderson another shot? Anderson, who I have said multiple times on this podcast that he will never in a Phillies uniform, he will never complete six innings in a start. That is my prediction. He, I don't know. He, if you think Velasquez really labors through like five innings, Chase Anderson is if if he ever throws six innings in a start I think I would be shocked
0: yeah yeah I don't know how that would kind of work if they have Velasquez in the in the rotation maybe if somebody goes down they probably go to Anderson but um it's kind of weird like he's he's on this rehab assignment but you don't really see him fitting into the current pitching plans but
1: well that's how um, it was for for Matt Moore for a while he was on Yeah. The Phillies this year I've had some guys on on assignments that rehab assignments I feel like they take forever. Tereza is in the beginning of the year it felt like he was down there in Triple A forever and then next thing you know they need him to be their starting shortstop for the most part. Mm-hmm. And um Yeah, like I don't, Matt Moore was the same way. He was down there. He was down there for a long time and then next thing you know he's in the rotation. So you never really know how these things can go. I just kind of wanted to see your thoughts on the uh, yeah on Falter versus Anderson.
0: And near the end of July, early August, they have twenty straight games, I believe, without a day off. So I wonder if Joe will go to a six-man rotation just to kind of because they do have to be conscious of how many innings both you know Wheeler, Nola, even Eflin pitches, um, and that could be a way to relieve the stress if if they're going consistently on five days rest and they're struggling a little bit, maybe go to a six man rotation, get them a little bit more rest, but yeah, they have a, a couple of stretches in their season where it's really a grind. So maybe it, it's good in a sense to have those extra arms in your bullpen, but um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe either one of Chase Anderson or Matt Moore gets designated for assignment at some point, just because it's, it's hard to really keep all those those long men in your bullpen and kind of find innings for everyone. So, yeah, who knows how this plays out? Maybe they need them. Maybe there's an unexpected injury. Um, the Phillies have been pretty lucky when it comes to their starting rotation and injury, so you never know how that's going to play out.
1: Yeah, especially they're they're pitching their top guys a lot, and they've been pretty fortunate. I don't think you can plan on, especially when you need your starting pitchers to really throw a lot of innings when they've been so reliable for the most part. Um, especially when it comes to Wheeler. But yeah, I don't think you can plan like, oh, this guy's going to get hurt at some point, but I do think they have been pretty fortunate with the number of innings they've been throwing. Uh, they've been pretty aggressive with their starters. Just They've been fortunate to to stay healthy there. Um, but, yeah, that's starting pitching. We talked about how the lineup has been pretty, pretty inconsistent, ineffective at times. Um, Didi coming back. Segura has been back for a few days like we mentioned just what are your what are your thoughts on the lineup here what do you what do you think is the what do they need to do to kind of turn things around here is it just a matter of is it not much more than just they need to hit better but is there anything approach wise shaking things up with this team acquiring a bat for another position at the deadline what do you think what do you think the call is here
0: Simply, they just, they just have to hit better. I think it, it really just comes down to that. And it's good that they have Didi Gregorius coming back. The only downside is that you have to play him at shortstop and his defense, he's he's been, when he was on the field, he was one of the worst defenders in the whole game. So, yeah, I just, I also think they have to find a way to get runners in scoring position for Bryce Harper. And I know if you look at the numbers, Harper just hasn't been good with runners in scoring position, but they really like odubal Herrera in that, leadoff spot and McCutcheon's been doing well in this corner side uh, sort of six hole RBI chance spot and then you have Didi in that so they they really just have to optimize the lineup find a way to get runners on for Harper and just I capitalize really like this is a really talented lineup and it's kind of the Mets have that same problem where they have a lot of talent they're just not hitting so um yeah I mean the they'll get good starting pitching and then the bullpen will kind of do whatever it, it does, but to win, they really have to start hitting.
1: How do you think bringing Didi into the lineup? What how, how will that how will that shape things? Do you think does that drop Kutch to like the seven spot maybe, or could that move Kutch back up and drop O'Double I know that I know that they like Kutch a little bit lower, and they've liked Herrera near the top, but he hasn't been as great lately. He had a stretch there where he w- was hitless for a while. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the call is there. What do you, what do you think?
0: I was thinking about putting McCutcheon back in that leadoff spot because even though he, he's driving in runs, but he's also getting on base. And I, I do think when Herrera is struggling, he's not getting on base and he's having those, you know, at bats where he's chasing pitches and he's not really, he's not getting that pitch count up for like, he's just not a very effective leadoff man when he's struggling. So, um, and I don't, I don't want to suggest that they tinker like every day with the lineup, see like who's hitting well. They put them in this spot, but I would think about putting Cutch back in that leadoff spot. But um, I don't know, like like you said, and like I said, they just—it's just a matter of them hitting better. It's also a matter of Reese Hoskins being a little less streaky and more um, more consistent. Um, Harper, Ramuto have been really good, but yeah, it's it's kind of, it's really disappointing to see kind of the lineup be the area where if they win the lineup's doing really well, but they're, they have just haven't been doing really well.
1: Yeah. The last thing I kind of wanted to touch on before we really wrap things up, all-star break coming up, uh, I think real quickly, who you think Wheeler's probably the only Phillies all-star.
0: Yeah. Segura is probably the only guy you would really consider, but I think he just missed too much time and, there are other options at second base, but he talked about possibly being an all-star. He was like, look, I don't care if I'm an all-star or not. I kind of just want that break with my family. And I totally understand that. I feel like if I was a veteran and I made the all-star team a couple of times, I'd rather have that break, especially considering the Phillies are going to play a whole bunch of games without a day off. But yeah, Wheeler's going to be in that rotation. I don't know if he'll start, but it's kind of, I remember we were on the podcast and we, guessed who would be an all-star and my whole line of thinking was that this team was going to be really good in the first half so they're going to have a whole bunch of all-stars and I picked like Nola Eflin which it doesn't make any sense to have two Philly starters in the rotation but um, I picked Harper which it at the end of April it kind of looked like he was going to be an all-star and Segura yeah. um, and Bermuda, which it's kind of crazy how he hasn't really received any votes. I know he's been injured, but he hasn't really been thought of as, you know, this all-star that he has been in the last few years.
1: I think that's been kind of, I don't I don't think anyone for Real Muto is like, they think he's bad now. I think kind of the resurgence of Buster Posey has changed things, Yeah, has just uh, kind of changed the landscape there. But yeah, I agree. I think Wheeler's probably the only one. And then, you know, once the, uh, on the major league side, once the all-star breaks over, Trade deadlines approaching. Last thing here. How do you think they approach that? They sellers, they buyers, what do they go after?
0: It's kind of tough to say right now. I think this next week is really going to tell you whether they seriously consider selling. I do think if John Middleton has some say in this, that they will look for a few back end relievers. But as you know, last year they tried to do that, and it's a pretty—it's a risky proposition because you kind of just don't know what you're getting. Especially if you just insert any reliever into the Phillies bullpen, it kind of just feels like they're going to be bad somehow. So, <laughs> but um, I mean, if I were in charge, I would seriously think about um, trading a few players. Maybe McCutcheon's been super productive. You would have to eat up some money. Um, and I, I wouldn't seriously consider trading guys like Nola, or God Harper. Some people are throwing it out there that they should trade Bryce Harper, but that's not that's happen. just not
1: happening for multiple yeah. <laughs> reasons. That's just not happening. Would you trade? Now I, I've seen some people say this, put this out there. like Wheeler's value is at, is at it's absolute highest. Would you trade Wheeler? Even yeah, for... I'm, I'm
0: not touching Wheeler. I'm not touching Nola because e- I do not believe... even for Babe Ruth not for Babe Ruth. I do believe that if they're going to win in the next couple years, they have to have good starting pitching. And if you have it, you shouldn't trade it. And, you know, I, I see like NOLA trade proposals and I'm kind of just like, do you realize how expensive starting pitching is like really good starting pitching is on the, on the free agent market. And then even when you sign guys like Seattle signed James Paxton, and then he's, gone for the whole year so it's it's risky if you have them then use them like don't don't trade them away it would be different yeah. if they had you know if mick abel was a year away it would be very different but it's that's that's not the case so hold on to wheeler hold on to Noah. i would only think about efflin if i just get an offer that blows me away but um they should just keep keep those three guys um yeah and then think about the guys that you know, you don't have control over next year. I would say maybe the exception of Segura just because his value is at a high. I know he has a no trade clause, but um, my thinking is just trade that guy to a playoff team. This this guy's been in the league for 10 years and he hasn't been in the playoffs. So <laughs> someone will want him. He plays multiple positions very well. So if you're going to trade, I mean, don't think about trading your starting pitchers and then maybe trade, trade a Segura I don't know. But I, I don't I don't really see them seriously considering selling just because they think they're in it. John yeah. Middleton wants them to win right now. So um, and, you know, it's, it's Dave Dabrowski's team, but Middleton will always have that that influence on him. But
1: yeah, I'd be I'd be pretty surprised if they sold. I think I don't know if they I don't know if they go all in on on a big piece for any position, uh, another big name starter or anything or position player but I think like you said a couple back end bullpen pieces kind of what they tried to do last year Uh, something like that probably is the best case there Um, one thing I wanted to add I've been noticing this uh, just a last little nugget here Jose Alvarez they of course had him um, last year and the year before left-handed reliever he's with the Giants he signed for about I think a little less than one and a half million dollars or just over one million dollars. But he has, I believe, a two, eight, nine ERA in 27 appearances for the Giants, 28 innings. The Phillies, they could have used that this year. He was really reliable before he got hurt last year on that line drive um, and reliable the year before. I think maybe they have some problems that are solved right now if Jose Alvarez is in the bullpen. It's not the main reason that they're struggling right now. Just something I wanted to add. They um, have just made a couple decisions here and there that don't go their way or or turn out wrong. And it hurts the team. That's just something I wanted to point out. Destiny, you have anything else to add before before we head out here?
0: Yeah, right before I believe spring training started, or I think it might have even been the JT press conference. Um, our own Tim asked about the Phillies communicating with Jose Alvarez, and Dave Dombrowski said, "Yeah, we're we're talking about it." But they signed Tony Watson for I believe three million dollars as a non-roster invitee um, when they could have paid less and guaranteed him a roster spot and kind of have an idea of his consistency. He's thrown 10 consecutive scoreless outings. They could really use that, that lefty out of the, the bullpen, and he's a leader in that bullpen too. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those missed free agent opportunities, and they seem to be piling up for the Phillies. I I know Brad Miller had a really bad June, but I, I do think he was a good signing off the bench. Um, but Brandon kinsler has been dealing with injuries, and you would kind of think that he would kind of, he might be your closer if everyone's struggling, but he's been struggling so bad that he's downgraded to middle relief. So, yeah, it's just a it's a small moves that they missed out that could really help them. And that kind of seems to be a pattern with this team.
1: Yep, definitely. All right. That's all we have for this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you next time.